Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 285. This is Russ, and again, full house. I have the whole crew Aaron, Rich, Jim, and Daryl. Hey, now. We did it. Yes. Yep. I, I, I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting to the home stretch. There's three more episodes after this one. Um, I guess the little bit of news um, that got posted on our Facebook group um, that it looks like. Uh, so shout out to DeRay Irvin. She posted this up on the Facebook group. So it looks like the Walking Dead crew has sent over all their um, safety equipment to uh, the local Atlanta hospitals um, to kind of oh, help them out cool. in their efforts. So that was, that was pretty yeah, cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. Especially with things yeah. kind of shutting down and everything. Um, right. Definitely and, I th- and I think we talked about on the live feed last night. Yes. But uh, not on the show yet that they, uh, they've um, pushed back the uh, World World Beyond mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, series, um, even though it's pretty much in the can and done, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, we did yeah to, just to, like, yeah, to recap why, I mean, I think, it, I think we kind of it largely comes down to the chance to beyond just giving it to the fans that would obviously watch it it's more about like having a chance to you know really really saturate the marketplace with the fact that this show is happening and with you know with everybody inside you can't do things like talk shows and very red carpet premieres and various forms of things that will really get, right. get the word out on a show that you know want you know not only wants to have the walking dead fans watch it but ideally draw in new fans which would ideally be from a younger audience which is always mm-hmm. the demo that everybody's chasing given that the cast is made up of a younger crowd compared to compared to these old folks on these old walking dead tv shows yeah <laughs> oh yeah like Sleep you said if you, if you checked out our live feed last night <laughs> you would have uh you know you heard all about that um we might do that again. It was it was fun. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. If you haven't followed yeah, us on Twitter, yeah, you know, could promote it a little more than we did. Probably. Oh. <laughs> yes. But yeah, head go on over to Twitch.tv and uh, search for WDTV podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it Walking Dead? It's Walking Dead TV podcast. Walking Dead TV podcast. Thank you, Jim. All so, one word. Go over to, to twitch.tv uh, slash walking dead TV podcast, all one word, um, and follow us there. So then you get notified from Twitch um, when we start to broadcast. So who knows? Um, you know, I guess the Talking Dead is kind of back. I guess they're doing their remote uh, set, kind of like we're doing. It's just a bunch of people on yeah. uh, Skype talking about uh, about the show. So uh, we smash may the, smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And hit <laughs> yeah, the bells, yeah. baby, so you get them notifications. All right, like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, we may. I mean, if we could all, you know, have the if we all are around and have time, uh, I I wouldn't mind doing that Sunday after uh, after the show airs. So we're kind of doing it after airtime. Uh, so on the East Coast, so ten o'clock Eastern uh, mm-hmm. is is when we would uh, we do that. So if you want to see our ugly mugs uh, gather around our collective. Uh, microphones and talk about uh, about the show. It, it's not going to be a substitute for the podcast. Uh, it's mainly just kind of a Q&A thing, just some initial thoughts, uh, kind of an unscripted, unformatted discussion. We even go off on tangents and talk about all kinds of stuff. So No. Yeah. yeah. Do even more so than Again, we do on the podcast. That's what? 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, around 10.30 Darrow Taylor time. I'll even record from the murder shed. Yeah. With old man shed. here. Murder shed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so pay, pay attention to that. We'll, we'll also post it on the Facebook group too if we plan on, uh, doing, if we plan on, uh, recording something. So if you had any questions that you wanted to ask us or kind of just engage in a little bit of discussion with the host directly, uh, it's something we're kind of playing around with. I don't. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where we br- live broadcast the podcast, but you never know. It may. Uh, it, it it may happen, but uh, but at this point, I think we're just going to kind of do this as a little one off for for the fans of the show. Uh, I don't think there's any more news. Anybody else? Uh, is there anything I'm forgetting news wise? Yeah, that I saw. Not that I, think I can so. think of. All right. Can we do some brief thoughts before we get into the, like, going over the whole episode? Yeah. Uh, so about, about the episode itself, you mean? About the episode, yeah. All right. So just to, just to, to kick it off, we're going to be talking about uh, The Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 13, What We Become. Wait, wait, wait. You want to talk on a podcast? Who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, man. Come on. You know me. So, Aaron, what are your th- what are your initial thoughts i did yeah i just wanted to bring because we're going to talk about this whole thing and i want to say right now i think this is the best episode of the season and i i don't know how close wow. my opinions are going to align with everybody mm. else but i think this episode's pretty fantastic and uh, we'll get into why as we go through it but because uh, i know the, the reaction in um in the facebook group kind of all over the place as far as what busters people have been giving out so i just i i think this is a really well accomplished episode as far as being a send-off for a major character as well as just a really strong piece of storytelling so i just want to throw that out there as we get into it i loved it all except for one thing which we'll get to in the episode all but right I, I agree with you all except for the this qualifying one thing that kind of threw me a little bit mm-hmm. but i agree it was it was a good send-off for michonne it was a great I, as a big fan of the what if comics as a kid. Sure, this was like a great uh, like uh, uh, you know alternate timeline look at Michonne, which I thought was cool. She looked great in the black leather, but I mean, we knew she would, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, I agree. I thought it was a great episode, like you said, except for one caveat, which we'll get to near the end of the episode. So, for the most part, yeah, I'd say it. It's a really great episode i'm not sure about best of the season but i don't know what one would be if i didn't choose this one there's just one issue i have with this one i don't know if it's the same as jim's but other honestly last week would probably be my runner-up well let's check is it the child care issue 
No. Oh, okay. Then we don't have the same issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's a questionable. I I can agree with you there. That's a, yeah. I, that I, really I, kind of. I stretch like, my I stretch my imagination a bit. Yeah. Her yeah. leaving RJ and Judith behind, kind of. Yeah, that didn't sit right with me. It didn't seem like a sense. I mean, I get it. She wants to find Rick, you know. She and she and you know, all that, but as that choice, that decision. I understand they're staying on the show and she's not, but story-wise, it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll a, that was a hard one. That 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 I don't know. It, it's just, but I don't think anything. If you're not going to kill the character off, I don't know what you could have done better to justify. To justify her, not yeah, yeah. I just don't know what you could do. It's it's a hard, it's a rock and a hard place with this. Like, you know, a mother leaving her young kids to find a father. No, but I mean, what what can you do? You don't want to pull that those. You know, logistically, I understand. Yeah, you know, logistically, Denai Guerrero is leaving. The child actors are not. I totally get that, but story wise, like intrinsic sense. Uh, unto itself in the story that didn't sit with me right and then it'd be silly to have her get kidnapped like like rick again right. i don't know how you explain that too that another helicopter just, swoops down yeah it just happens to kidnap her too <laughs> like i don't i don't think that'll work either so i don't know look it's the plot contrivance helicopter it's coming to save you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> who else is leaving the show you want to get picked up too and they could drop off Tyrese and T-Dog. You know what? <laughs> Makes perfect sense. They could train them to swap them out. <laughs> Tyrese flies every helicopter now. I don't know if he knew that, but uh, he, he's always and, flying helicopters. Oh, and Witcher McCall is still out there, right? With uh, What's his name? Uh, the character that uh, was lost. Keith. From Keith, yeah. Keith. Oh, you don't know, yeah, Keith's, Keith's Keith. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He's out there. We saw him this week. Yeah, yeah, we did <laughs> for Keith? a second. For did a you second. say Keith? You mean Heath? 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 With an H. Oh, okay. Guess guess my ears are broken. So, all right. So let's get into it, and we'll we'll talk about the uh, the our our feelings on it. So now this is where I was a little confused, and maybe it was just because it's crappy TV quality, but we it starts at the beginning. And it's it's Michonne, and this is back from before she met the group. She's got her uh, her two walkers that have no arms and no jaw, and she's got one of the chains. And she comes across somebody that's yelling. Was that not Andrea? Yes, no, okay. it was Andrea. No, it was a yeah. uh, it was a it was like a flash forward to the flash to the alternate version of the flash right. back okay. that happened later on. Oh so, <laughs> yes, uh, you're rightfully confused. Yeah, yes. so I was like, what? what? Uh, yeah. Um, but she comes across Andrea, who uh, is running away from walkers, falls down. Uh, they come on top of her. She starts screaming. Michonne looks over, uh, kind of contemplates things for a minute, and then walks away. And it's very clear that Andrea is consumed by these uh, walkers that, that overrun her. She was not saved by Michonne, as we know it. So I was, again, I was a little confused there. Um and then, and then when we get to the to the to the acid trip stuff, they kind of go back to it. And then I was like, well, yeah. what, like, well, what?" Um, well, I think this is kind of like you know, this is the one thing that she did that diverged right. the paths. You know, what I mean, sure. like right. in our timeline, she helped Andrea, and this timeline, she didn't, and that causes everything else that happens. But mm-hmm. her having this hallucination before she got the hallucinogenic. 
Yeah. But it's a little confusing. I totally get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was just, it just had me ready to go. I was just like, <laughs> okay, I, 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 you're giving me a what if right here. It's out of context of why this will be happening to begin with. So I was just like, I'll just accept this for now and let's see what this episode wants to do because I, I'm into this. I'm, I'm into seeing a what if kind of scenario. So let's see what, how we got to this point to begin with. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was just confused. Um, so we, we cut to the, to the break, to, to the break, to the uh, credit sequence. We come back um, and Michonne's with Virgil. Um, they made it to the island. She, uncuffs him because uh, she's of course she still doesn't trust him uh they come up to a garden and he's wanting to pick you know flowers and herbs and stuff and michonne's in a hurry she's like come on like i don't i don't have time for this i've got to get back to my people you know you promised me i took you back um you know that's kind of the theme for at least the first you know third of the episode is the fact that she feels like he's stringing her along and to, to me it came it became very clear early on that he was jacking with her like he's oh yeah like he's up to something right yeah um, he had crazy guys where did we leave off with virgil like when we had met him like or like when when the mission was set that she was going to go back with him to the island i was trying to remember like our thought like we were we convinced remember. that he was going to give her like like he was on the level like he was going to find her weapons or like were we still suspicious of something I think we were suspicious, but we weren't sure. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember thought, the discussion exactly, but yeah. I remember we mixed on that. Yeah, I think we thought like maybe if they did get it, it something was going to go wrong, even if it was there, and then go to get it. Something yeah, going to happen. Yeah, take yeah. it away. Because we were also speculating about whether or not we'd even see the island. I remember that. Right. Like, right. If it would right. just be like right. Michonne just suddenly comes back and with like a you know with a ta- with a tanker, what a submarine or some nonsense. Like. <laughs> They're M60 for Rambo. It's a hovercraft. That... They were giving them away for free. A bunch of, bunch of fan boats and swamp people like she's with all this. Sure. Other bunch this of hoverboards. Was, this was my issue with the episode, and it's minor, but it, it was that Michonne was too trusting, or like, not too trusting, but um, it was obvious that this guy was stringing her along. And she seemed to... I, I don't know if she was playing along with it or if she was just that dumb, but it was obvious that he was up to something. Um, and then the other part of that, and we'll get to this later, but later after he gets, she gets out, there's another point where they're looking in another room. It's when she finds the boots. It's she walks in the room first. I'm like, you're walking in with him at the door behind you, you know? So there's just a lot of, Unmichonne decisions made, and this whole sequence is kind of part of that in my mind. It's my only issue with the, the whole thing. Although I didn't think about what Jim said, and that's a good point too. So the uh, the boat thing later on, I think we'll we'll get to. Where it's like at that point, I think there's a there's a level of like I can go along with this that I can buy into. But this first part, I don't disagree. I I still think she is being fairly precautious about the whole scenario to begin with. But yeah, she's she, she kind she's of. Around. I mean, she's, she's, she's like, like Russ mentioned, she's like, she's being impatient. Like she's not like she had him handcuffed. She like, she, she's taken various precautions to get to this point to begin with. Um, well, she's like, desperate I, too. She's yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. Because they have this ridiculous threat. They have, they have nuclear bombs in the forms of hordes of walkers and whispers that they have to get deal with. And so it's like, all right, you brought me to this base. 
let's see what's here. Like, I, I, I need some kind of solution. I have two children out in the world. I, I have all kinds of things. I have to, I'm leading a whole group. You're telling me there's weapons here. I, I don't know what I'm getting into necessarily, but I'm going to try. I'm going to trust this. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm going to trust the situation to have some kind of payoff. It it makes sense that she would trust him in so much as there were there's weapons there because it is like this naval research station or naval you know station. It's not like it's just an island out you know in the middle of nowhere that just has like a you know a hut on it or something like that. Like I I, I think I think she has reason to believe that that she needs to at least play along to some degree because it it seems like it's not far fetched to believe that there would be weapons. Uh, on this island, but but she takes out he you know he's kind of blabbering on and on about his wife and you know and all this other stuff and uh, she finally just takes out the sword and puts it like right at his chest and she's like stop the bullshit like <laughs> what you know what is going on and then it's clear that Virgil's family is dead uh, he takes the he takes her to um, their graves he's got you know the three graves dug. Um, and, and that are there, and then he he tells her that what the, her that they're still inside, and he doesn't have basically he doesn't have the guts to put them down, and that's why one of the reasons why he wanted to bring her back was because he knew she could do it. Um, yeah, that was the idea, and uh, it's like, well, I, I at that point I'm like, I this character is going to go places I'm not going to like because if this yeah. is the position that if he, if he's strung her along to this point, who who knows what 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 else is, are they getting into now? And there there were still surprised I was still surprised by some of the things that happened, but I was like, there's gonna there's gonna be more to this. <laughs> this guy yeah. is uh, he's he's in clear Morgan territory back in season three four three. What's clear? Clear's three right? Like second half of three. Three, I think so. Yeah, it's like it's like midway through the second half of three. Right, I think it's um, episode three ten. To Yuma. <laughs> yeah. So they end up making it inside one of the buildings, um, and they start um, cleaning out <clears throat> all the walkers. Michonne gets to a point where yeah, you know, she's trying to be stealthy. She kills one. They lower her down. They kind of pull her out of the way. She kind of goes along. And of course, Virgil goes through. And at this point, I was like, I was waiting for it, right? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. He's gonna be stupid and make a bunch of noise, and you know, be clumsy. And he did. At the yeah, and he did. Now <laughs> at the end of towards the end of the episode, I'm like, okay, I think he did that on purpose. Like that wasn't that wasn't him, you know, being oops, sorry, I was clumsy. No, I think I think he was trying to maybe uh, scare her a little bit. So he, when he tells her like, Hey, let's stay here. Let's wait till daytime before we go, you know, do any, you know, go anywhere that, that, that she would stick around. I don't don't know. For sure. I think he just had an ulterior motive. I guess. Oh, I I totally thought that. Um, But it could go go either way. I I could buy into that kind of at the same time, just the look on his face as um, Michonne was taking care of business. It's like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) he seems like he's, he 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 adds up to the kind of person that wouldn't know how to take care of his zombie family because he's just sitting there racked in fear while she's just destroying the place. So, um, so anyway, Michonne goes to town. She clears out the mall, and they go back to the gravesite. And 
you know, she keeps again, she keeps pushing him and pushing him. He keeps stalling. Um, he finally gets her to agree to that he'll help her in the morning. Like just, you know, we're not going to make it back tonight anyway. You know, just let's let's get a first thing in the morning and I'll 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 show you where these weapons should be. And he keeps saying, like, he doesn't know explicitly that there are weapons. Now it's it's I know where the buildings are, where they would be. Like he, he starts, said, yeah, he has a refrain. Kind of like I, a little bit. I, I said, I'd show you where I think they are. I'll show you the spots. Yes. Mm. Everyone's Morgan now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I think oh, well, at some point he talked about when there were a lot of people there, I guess earlier on in the apocalypse, mm-hmm. he he saw the caches of weapons or something like that. Didn't he say something like that? No, I don't think he ever said he saw no. them. He just, so he never saw them. No. Okay. No, he's been like very vague about it. It seems right. to me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so they agree to the first thing in the morning and, uh, Michonne can't sleep. So she gets up and starts wandering around and starts to, to see some things. Uh, she gets into a room and, stuff and things. I'm sorry. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Yes. <laughs> um, she goes into one of the rooms and, uh, the door shuts behind her, of course, and it's Virgil and, uh, he has locked her in there. And so, of course, Michonne's trying to get out. She has her sword. She tries to stab at the window. And uh, ultimately, she ends up, you know, she can't get out. I mean, there's, there's just no way out. This room is like a, is like a fortress. Um, and so she wakes up the next morning. Well, before and- we get there, first of all, she rolled a one on her stealth roll. Because as she's walking down that hall, she is clomping her feet. I, I it bugged me. That really bugged me because that's you know Michonne is not like that. She is stealthy. She is smart. She has good tactical sense. And for her to go in that room like that, just I don't know. It it just felt very un Michonne like to me. She's more careful than that. Maybe I mean at this point she knows there's probably not any walkers there, right? So she's not. Yeah. She's not worried. She's going to get be. jumped by yeah. a walker. I think at this point she doesn't re- she doesn't think Virgil A is physically capable or is is really looking to to kind of screw her over. Um so I guess that didn't bother I me. I didn't I didn't take it as like she was being you know, it's it's kind of like hindsight, right? Like okay, after the fact it's like, oh yeah, she's being dumb, but I mean I I can respect in the moment. I mean- it, there's a lot of you know picking some nits here, Chubbs, but I can respect. I mean, if you're if you're not engaging with it, you're not engaging with it. That's not a yeah. problem. It's just like for the for the purposes of the episode, this stuff is required, and it's the kind of thing where I'm on the level of getting that the show needs this to happen so that so, you know A to happen for B to happen, and so I'm just like I'm not going to sit and question it because like I get it. I get that it needs to put her in a certain place, so I'm not going to like remark too hard on you know what what specific tactic she took for this thing. When she could have done it this way instead. No, like, no, well, and I, I, you're a hundred percent right. I'm just saying to quantify my comments earlier is all through the episode there were little moments of just very unmachone like to me, and this was one of them right here. And that I but, can understand. Like if yeah. you know, if on the whole you're not digging into it, then you're going to ask yourself, why am I not digging into it? And so I, I get right. that. Yeah. Right. But uh, no, you're no, I get that. It's in the script. It's got to happen. You know, but. 
it just because I mean, even before, because I'm not trusting Virgil at all after his nonsense. And then as she walked through that door, I'm like, do not go in there with your back to that door. And then sure enough, you know, it just I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little too meta with it. I don't know. Yeah, she she wakes up the next morning. She has no sword. Um, there's a there's a tray of food in front of her, and she could tell like I could tell right away like it was clear right away she was drugged. And right. I thought that was actually clever because I didn't see I didn't see where she was drugged. I mean, obviously, um, Virgil did it to her sometime probably before she got up. I don't know if they ate something before they went to bed or whatever. So I thought that was that was pretty cool that. Um, she gets in there and tries to, you know, she's trying to get her way out and, and she ends up well, being, being drugged. And I had thought before this too, that, um, Virgil may have some connection with drugs and some sort of issue by he two or three times commented on how his wife always told him what to do or always steered him or, you know, and I mean, that's the way a lot of spouses of and partners of uh, drug addicts are, you know, they have to constantly remind you of what to do or remind them to, you know, not be high or drunk through this, that, and the other. Perhaps, but I mean, in the logic of this show, I mean, we've seen yeah. like Rick, we've seen Rick and Herschel among others, like the just guys that are driven by things that have happened to their loved ones and just went off and snapped. Like they even say he snapped like later in this episode. Well, and, 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 and those are, and, and those are all things that aren't influenced by, you know, drugs or influenced mm-hmm. by grief and any number yeah. of other, you know, avenues to go down. And it wasn't yeah. a hospital, right? Like a, a medical. No, um, no, but it was just, it was the sense I got when he said those comments. Um, and then I just kind of dismissed it. But then later I figured, you know, I I'm like, Oh, well maybe I was right. Before I forget, by the way, um, this episode is titled "What We Become," which is the name of the um, the issue involving Rick with the telephone, where he's hearing voices, which I thought was quite fitting for an episode like this, where mm. we're shown it's you know oh, delving into very specific things. Cool. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, he has that line where he's like, you know, I want to see you're in pain like me, right? When he drugs her, he says he. Uh. He says, I, I want you to see. He doesn't, see, yeah. he doesn't say pain because oh, he wants to see. Oh, okay. I thought he said, I, my notes said, I wanted to see you're in pain. I thought it was because of the whole thing with Virgil's family and him blaming himself for what happened. Yeah, yeah. But he has a, we'll get to it, but he has a very specific yeah. reason why he did this, which was the, yeah, yeah. the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so right away after he, uh, you know, tells her, Hey, you're not going to get out of here. And, and he walks away and, um, she hears there's people in the next, the next room over and they're also closed in. And she starts asking questions, you know, the typical tactician, right? Like how often does he come by? What's his routine? What does he do? You know, like how did, you know, just all that to try and see if, okay, if they can, if she can figure a way to, to get the jump on him when, uh, you know, when he comes or when he does, and they're basically like, look, you're, you're not going to do it. Like he's, you know, we've been stuck here for a very long time and you know, you're, it's just kind of hopeless. Two things. W- one, maybe I was just really into the episodes. So I wasn't thinking about like a possibility of more people of suddenly being around, but I like kind of flipped. I was like, what? There's others like that yeah. got me. Yeah. I was like, there's more of these people. Yeah. And, 
I mean, looking at Chubbs's play, and now thinking back to the episode where she got with Virgil to begin with, I, you know, this scene where she's suddenly, you know, she really is in like Michonne mode where she's being tactical about these acts. Like, what are, what is the routines? When does it come by? Like, that's very much the kind of person she can be when she's on her game. If I had to speculate, I think part of what led her to being in this situation was because she was being too casual about things. I mean, she went with him to begin with. And I think she, as I'm thinking back to the other episode now, she, I think it's because she feels sorry for him and because of his story, she bought into it because of her own situation where she's, she's also, you know, she's lost Rick. She has these kids by herself. She's trying to do all this stuff and she sees this guy coming in. She can relate to him enough where she can be kind of let her guard down a bit more than she she obviously should have, which is why she was, you know, being lack, uh, being lax and the way she was acting leading up to the point of being imprisoned. And now it's like, well, that's gone. Now it's time to like really think about how I can get out of the situation. I agree, but her laxness should have stopped after she had to threaten him with the sword to his throat about cutting out all his bullshit. Okay. Just, yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> so the the others in the in the next room kind of explained to Michonne that, you know, they were basically on this island, they were kind of living there, and then things started to get worse, and other groups came up, and... I, this is where I kind of – I should have went back and, and listened to this again. I was taking notes and, and I, I think I kind of missed a little bit uh, of the fine points here. But essentially it sounds like they were able to trap the people inside one of the buildings and he ordered it locked down and he didn't realize that his wife Family. and his kids were, were inside as well. And so you know, he kind of gave the order to just lock it down and uh, – yeah, it's like he they had not like experienced the you know the whole dead thing very much. So like it was so alien to them that the whole notion you know it made him snap as far as trying to figure out like how to handle things. And yeah, he inadvertently locked them inside the in like like one of the cells as all this was taking place. And so it just it was just poor handling on his part because he just couldn't comprehend how to you know handle this kind of situation. Almost like how things are working out how. <laughs> so Michonne eats the food, immediately starts tripping balls. <laughs> yes, she did. Like in a big way. Um, and this is where the episode kind of got a little, I mean, obviously psychedelic. It got a little trippy. It got a little artsy. Um, it it had a weird tone. Like I don't know that we've had – we I don't know that we've had another episode of the show quite – Go down this path where yeah, I mean, we have where people are seeing things that aren't there. You know, say Tyrese's last episode was all trippy and stuff with him. Yeah, it's, it's experimented with this kind of thing, but this was yeah. this really went down a rabbit hole that we it haven't sure seen before. Yeah, I, I'll say this, and part of why I love this episode and why it's you know I think it's the best of the season. I, I think, and even not among us, I, like my favorite episodes for The Walking Dead are always ones that are. Very specifically focused, and not just like on a group of people, but like on a on a character, which is why like those Morgan episodes really stand out because they feel very much uh, apart about it. They tell a very complete story, and they're focused directly on him. And ones that are ambitious, ones that really try to do something and push the limits of what you can do in this world. And this one does both of those things, where it's like not yeah. only are we telling like a very singular story about Michonne and just a small handful of people, we're gonna make it like the trippiest, most surreal episode that you've ever seen of The Walking Dead. And I'm like, yes, do that, do that, please, because that's that's something really refreshing and new. Um, and this, given that the season itself has been, re- I think, refreshing as far as how how it's handled the whispers, this episode is like I don't even have them, and I'm still getting like something that's 
really out there and trying to accomplish something I just haven't seen before on this series. So I was, I was very happy with that. And this whole segment I was into, I was into where this all goes. Um, so first she sees Sadiq who in this point where she sees Sadiq, it's more in a, um, she's kind of hallucinating him there. It's not really kind of like in a outside setting. It's just, um, he's kind of swirling around her and then, you know, he, kind of tries to blame her for his death. Um, then again, we get the scene from again, from the, the, the cold open where it's her and her, um, her walkers and they come across Andrea and again, same, same result. Um, when it, when it showed the Sadiq thing at first, I was, I was a little worried. I was like, Oh, is this one of those, we could only get this actor to come back kind of things. And that's <laughs> going to like, <laughs> Like with with Rick's bullshit send off where they couldn't get anybody that was of importance. <laughs> they just like except for except for Herschel. They got Herschel to come. I was gonna back. say Herschel. That was that was the one. But then you had like what was it? Like um Tyrese's sister, um Snoopy Martin Green. Oh, um who so, uh, I forgot her name now. On that Sasha, show. Sasha? Sasha. Sasha, yeah. Sasha. <laughs> it's like I mean, this is Rick. These are the people you're giving him to see. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so like the Sadiq thing was like Okay, I mean, she knew him, but it's, but then it got better. So it, it, I immediately was half fine. Yeah. Um, so I, then she, she gets to the point where she's walking down the road, and the Hyundai passes her by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, Yikes. nice encore uh, appears by the Hyundai. And uh, it, was, she, it was great when Daryl was really emphasizing the doors, space, and couple. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> See this beautiful rich, car you will not get into. Rich Corinthian leather. Yeah. When he bit into that uh, Del Taco talk or that Taco Bell taco too, I was like, <laughs> oh, that, well, yeah. got a snack. <laughs> Drink a Mountain Dew. Yeah. So Daryl ends up pulling over. Uh, he gets out. He looks down at her, and she's like, "Wait, you know, wait for me." And he just kind of looks at her, gets in the car, and drives off. Um. So then she's kind of out on her own, and she comes across Negan. And. Uh, now- uh-huh. Now, I obviously it's a fantasy, so it doesn't ultimately matter. But I did like the, the, the it humored me that somehow ignoring Andrea still led her to travel all the way from Georgia up to Virginia for whatever reason and find Negan because <laughs> that makes yeah, no right. sense in the scheme of things, right? It's like why would she even go that direction? <laughs> like, why, what would lead her there? But it's a fantasy; it doesn't matter. It was just that I was I was humored by that, <laughs> right? Um, but I love that Negan says that he. Uh, he he admires her big old massive lady nuts. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It was a neat thing to say. Yeah. Um, so then she becomes one of them, right? Yeah. And a savior. Yeah, she becomes a savior, and and so um, they show the scene where um, uh, where you know they come into the to the way station and they you know kill all those people in cold blood. And uh, they show Michonne. She pulls out a gun and blows away um, Glenn and Heath, and she kills them both. And this is when she gets our sweet black leather getup, too, right? Yeah, yeah. She's at this point. She's got the yeah, the, le- the leather. Uh, it was uh, the evil version of herself. Going yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, y- yes, she's on the side of the saviors, but like, what's brilliant about how this is presented is that it. I mean, you're seeing this from the perspective of the saviors and you have a bunch of, you know, 
wild people with guns coming into their houses while they're sleeping yes. or their satellite right. while they're sleeping and mowing right. them down. So there's like a weird sense of justification of why they have to like go through with punishing them for this activity. So it's like it's a trip because you're watching Michonne who, you you know, in your head, you're thinking this is like one of the, the best characters as far as being a hero and being on the side of what's right. And you're having it flip the switch in a way that almost feels justified given what on her side she has witnessed. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Like what they're trying to do with that. It, it's almost like, um, remember in Star Trek enterprise where they introduced the mirror universe. And it's like, it's that scene from first contact where the Vulcans get off on the planet and then, and then, um, Cochran's people, they just, they shoot down the Vulcans. Like right. and then that, that's that. what starts yeah. the mirror universe. It yeah. kind of reminded me a lot of this. It's like, Hey, here's some familiar thing that we know of. And Oh, this one thing happens. And now it's all even the inserting, right? Of yeah. The, yeah. You'll yeah. see her out later on yeah. and they insert her in scenes that we know she wasn't in. Um, so we get, of course, the famous lineup scene, and you know it's it's instead of Negan doing the deed, it's it's Michonne. Now the interesting thing here is one of the people, the the last it's a it's a brief flash, but as they as they kind of you know go through everybody that was in that lineup, um, the one thing they flash to her is is Michonne, like as we know her, Michonne, mm-hmm. and then we see her like from that. From a character's perspective, we see that Michonne takes the takes Lucille and gives it a, a swing, and I took it as she was killing herself, right? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I thought that was that was kind of cool. Symbolism, really, really good. Like a like yeah. mix of effects and compositing work here to like make it all like fit the right way. Like yeah. it's it's pretty, and I think that that helps with the. The, since the aesthetic of the show has always been this like grainy 16 millimeter style look, it it it's easy to kind of blend that stuff in. But I, it really does work as far as not having to do too much, you know, additional filming to like make it happen. You just have to like have to shoot Michonne's side of things and throw it in there and kind of add it. Like it, it's a it's a neat look without having without like feeling forced. Felt like Back to the Future Part Two, you know? Yes, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot yes. a lot of tricks in that movie. Yes. Um, but then we kind of move forward and, um, they're out and about and Daryl ends up shooting her right in the, in the sternum with a, with an arrow. And then, um, and then they show Rick walking up to her, putting a gun on her face and pulling the trigger. And ultimately she's killed by like the two, probably the two people she's, I mean, other than her children, the two people mm-hmm. she's closest to that are still out there. Right. Um, and then she wakes up and just starts puking. So obviously she's kind of like that was the the thing that got her past it or worked it out of her system or she was able to kind of I guess fight past the high or you know whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, Good sequence, like, yeah, 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 it was yeah. Really, really well done. The music and everything, like it, just kind of built some suspense. And this is a like this is a, a great episode for Bear McCreary. His score in this episode yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yes, I agree. That's probably one of the best parts about this is the music. Um, but she wakes up, starts puking in a bucket, and Virgil's there, and tries to get her to um, to eat something. Is this when he tells her about the tea that 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 is it is that is it yeah. now they have it? Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, tells her about the tea and, and all that. And, um, well, he, t- he tells her before he tells her right before she starts really tripping. Oh, like okay. He, all right. He mentions the gyms, the Jensen weed, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, but she's able to kind of get it together enough to pick up that spoon, uh, 
And instead of eating, she stabs him in the leg with it um, and then tries to kind of gather it together. And Virgil at that point realizes he's probably uh, he's probably not going to be on the uh, on the good <laughs> side of this confrontation and gets up and runs. And then Michonne yeah. goes to go after him. And then the others are like, hey, free, you know, hey, what about Get us? us. Free, don't, um, don't leave us here. Yeah. And I really thought she was just going to go after him and just leave them there and come back later. But anyway, she she ends up, you know, opening, letting them out of the cell or the, the room, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then they all chase uh, they all chase Virgil down. And he's burned the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they, you know, essentially have no, they think they have no way of, of, uh, of getting off the island. There is a part of me, the most cynical side, where I'm like, is because knowing this is her last episode, it's like, is Michonne just going to be stuck on this island now? (laughs) It's lost. It's become lost. What a a dark ending. (laughs) (laughs) She's just stuck on an island. Um, so, <laughs> um, he tries to apologize. Of course, Virgil does. Um, of course, everybody else wants to kill him and, um, she tries to talk them out of it. And, um, well, she does, she does talk about it. Yeah. This is, this is, there's key sequences here, this and later on of why I really like what they're doing with the, with Michonne as a character and like as far as being a send off to her because you get that whole sequence of her like flashing to the what if scenario and it's giving you like a sense of who she is as a like what we've seen of her throughout the series of the show while very cleverly being a really cool send off because because the character is isolated from everybody it's like well how do we you know how do we get rid of this character and acknowledge the fact that she's been on the show for so many years. So, like, they literally show you the years that she's been on the show, right? They show they show you yeah. the various seasons she's been a part of, and they give you reminders of the characters she's interacted with, which I thought was pretty cool. And in in doing that, you're seeing who what she represents as far as like what kind of person she is, how she's persevered, and whatnot in a really twisted way. So, by the time you get to this Virgil thing, when she's back to being herself again, you're watching this character reason with other people and basically spelling out who she represents on this show, and she's the kind of person that was at one time the one that would look the other way move past it do her own thing to becoming a leader and a hero and someone that says no we don't need to necessarily kill everything we need to find the way that makes the most sense and in this scenario it's mercy it's not going to help us to kill this man regardless of what he's gone through and put us through and i think that's really special like that's really that's i mean there's you can hate virgil all you want to yeah i'm not gonna like this guy but like the fact that she's able to muster up that strength to be like yeah he did all this stuff to us and it sucks but guess what it's not gonna help us to kill him either and like with that and then with where things go later that's just a really great encompassment of who she is on this show and why it's why it matters that she's not why she's been on the show, why she's not going to be around anymore, because it's it's losing something. Yes. Sorry. Um, that's, I just, no, <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. It, it, it really it really it hit like watching this and why and thinking about that Rick episode. I'm like, how come they couldn't do that with the main fucking character of the TV show? I just I don't understand that. It's still upsetting to me that episode was not very good. An episode right, sending you know. off of uh, sending off Andrew Lincoln. It's like, how do you mess that up? Yeah. That was so like, I was thinking of watching this, too. It's like, what a what a cool way to send off Michonne. You know, I, I, I had the same conclusion there. Why, why couldn't they do something equally as good when they sent off Rick? You know, it just. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Of, so, like, of the care and, like, same with, like, Carl, like, of character mm-hmm. send offs. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not, 
not just like surprise deaths, but of like actual like episodes devoted to sending off the character. This is like the best one I've seen in a while because I, I can't think of the last time I saw like a really good send off to a character. That maybe I don't know what Sasha in a coffin. Like I don't I don't know what to think about that. So yeah, that kind of felt like a slog. So it was like yeah, when was the, like beyond. Us, you know, oh no, he's dead. Like, when was the last time we had a whole episode devoted to the fact that this character is not going to be there anymore? I can't think of that answer. So it's like this one finally works in doing that. Tyree, the Tyrese and episode. Yeah, see, that's like what six seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, the one the one uh, member of the group she walks up to uh, to Virgil and just knocks him out. Just, just totally knock, knocks him unconscious. Um, so they're able to lock him in the room. And Michonne says she's checked all the buildings, everyone. There's no weapons. Uh, there's no weapons anywhere. And um, doesn't he, I think he even says um, that he he kind of reiterates again. Well, I could tell you, I could tell you where to look, and I just um, knew the spots. That's yeah, the spots. And she's like, talking no, about I've the looked, spots. I've looked yeah. everywhere. Um. So uh, she she lets him out, um, and then so again I I think I was too busy taking notes. The the thing with the boot the boots that was on that boat the other boat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they get to the other boat. She finds the boots. Um. And I, I was taking notes a- too, so I, I kind of had a little like, wait, they got on a boat now? Like I, yeah. <laughs> I had a moment there. Wait, like, I oh, thought the boots were in a storeroom on the island. Yeah, Virgil had like a didn't he have like a stockpile of stuff? Yeah, and that's where the boat. And then they got the second boat, and that's where she read the ship's log, and it could be Rick's handwriting and stuff. Yeah, that makes more sense to me then, because yeah. Uh, cause, yeah. There's Virgil some, there's had a, a little, big stash of stuff, and that's where she found the the boots. Some, and then they yeah, found the uh, boat. That's fine because there's there's some wonky editing there because it feels like yeah. a like we got the boat yeah. and they cut because they, they show me the boat and I'm like oh so they're on a yeah. boat like I I felt like I missed something as far as so it's more just they edited it weird. T Pain is there singing about it being on a boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they're all wearing nautical theme punches me to Afghans. It was great. Yep, you know it. Um. And I think because they make don't they didn't they make a point earlier in her flashback to Rick where she saw the boots like it had the one little hole in it or something like that. Oh, yeah, they they give you a you know a visual yeah. hint so you're not like out of you know out to sea when she finds boots and you're like why would she be caring about boots yeah so you yeah. like you know, some visual some visual clues to keep you you know up to date. So she finds the boots and then she smells them which that's a little weird but okay. Um, but Chubbs does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do not. I, I almost gagged when she did that. I'm just like, I don't care how much you love somebody and all of that. You're Oh, God, gross. Um, but she grabs Virgil and starts freaking out and asks where she got him. And he says, you know, I don't know. They washed up on the beach. You know, I, I just I, I don't know. Um, you know, he found and then she finds uh, a cell phone and it looks like um Somebody carved in like the Michonne's. Have we seen this before? This phone, like, I don't remember seeing it. No, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's just the drawing that's significant. But, you know. Right, yeah. and it's it's her and it's Carl. Um, is it Carl or is it Judith? I thought it was it Carl. Was Judith. I thought it was Carl. 
I thought it, it was like Judith. Judith. It looked like Judith yeah. to me. Maybe I thought it was Judith, Judith too. Because yeah, it had okay. like long hair and a big hat, and I was like, "Well, Carl like had long hair and a big, and a big hat, hat at the end too." So. I mean, okay, I mean, yeah. I, I, I six one half dozen the other. Just so it was ZZ Top, but we didn't think it was them. <laughs> I, need a sc- I need a screenshot of this because it's like my, it was my Michonne. It was Michonne and either Rick's kid or Shane's kid, mm-hmm. one or the other. So. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna bring this up. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. You guys are right. It's definitely, it's definitely Judith. Okay, it is Judith. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah there's the, yeah. You're yeah. definitely because right. I, I. What makes that more significant is the fact that Rick's not only maybe alive, but he's definitely maybe alive because he's seeing not her, you know, Carl, but Judith. So and and when she's this age, right? So he's like recently seen her. Like he has some kind of idea, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like he's That's has... what I thought, yeah. No, totally. And and Carl would have been probably just as tall as Michonne. So, yeah, no, that totally that, that totally right? makes sense. So it's like that's not that that's an actual clue that he's alive, not just that like he washed up somewhere, but that like right. he could be alive because he's seen a he's seen a modern day Judith. And this is, you know, this is what 4 years later, right? After when this happened or whatever, yeah, right? That's the time jump. Uh, I thought it was six. No, six, five, six, even way even worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On top of that, this just—I didn't even put this together because. But what Aaron said earlier about this being an homage to the Rick with the phone thing. Oh, now yeah. here's Rick with the phone thing, an and he phone. was, and he he imagined their them on the phone. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, that's that's why like it it to me it makes sense that she'd actually want to go after Rick because it's like she's not only going off speculation that he might be alive, but he's been recently alive. Like he's it's not like he you know maybe died years ago. He's like no, he he saw them apparently sometimes recently. Yes, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, finds the phone, uh, it's it's them, um, and so at the again at this point she knows that that she's still alive. Uh, that was another like big like you know in addition to like oh there's people on this I was like oh like and I should have thought of this as far as she's leaving this episode they have to give some kind of reasons like oh she's gonna go find Rick but I was like caught off guard by the fact like oh she actually found proof yeah like the <laughs> cool yeah like that's something well the when she even says like was... was this an ambush was you know she starts to kind of this I thought was really good because she starts to get irrational and mm-hmm. and panicky and. And it makes sense, right? Somebody she thought has been dead for six years and probably in the back of her mind always said, we never found the body. So, you know, there's that little bit of hope, you know, minuscule as it may be, that he may still be alive. And so given the fact that she's coming off of – What does the words believe a little longer mean though too? Because that's in Japanese on the phone as well. Is that what that says? Yeah, it says believe a little longer. Mm, I don't know. So I wonder what that means. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was a, that was a really good sequence with her just kind of freaking out a little bit and just wondering if there's like more to it, if she had something to do with Rick's disappearance or where he might be or what might be going on. Um, and... Um, he, at, at this point, he says, "Well, I think we can fix the other boat. The, the obviously the other boat that's there, um, and get it going." And um, that's a big boat, right? 
It's a pretty good sized boat. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's one thing to be like, yeah, we can fix the sail on this boat. It's like, that's a pretty big boat to like fix. Like, you could just do that. But I, all right. But I, well, the I mean, four of them. It's a research station. So conceivably, they're all a bunch <clears throat> of engineers, right? So I suppose. Yeah. Um, they're probably some smart folks. Um, but it took, took, took need more than three of them to get out of a room. But yeah. Well, true. Right. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Uh, they're not that crafty, right? Don't, don't ask them to put in a light bulb. Let me tell you that much right now. Yeah. Um. So the the others are willing to take Virgil with, and he's he's a little dumbfounded. And what is Michonne says something like, um. I can't remember the exact words, but it's it's something to the effect of uh, like it takes more like it takes more energy essentially to hate than to forgive. And, um, you know, it's it's it, it, it kind of, a you know, basically be the be the better person. Right. And um, and kind of understand, I guess, where he's coming from. So they offered to take him with. But he makes a point of saying, no, he's got to stay. Um, He's going to stay and put flowers on the graves of his family every day. Because he promised his wife every day he would he would bring flowers. Which just about made me cry. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's so hardcore. And then that shot of him, them leaving the island of him just standing there is like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> McCreary's nailing it with the music. Yeah. So, of course, they all get on the boat. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um She's Michonne's looking at the phone and she just starts crying uh, and she tries the, the radio and uh, and I love the call. So I, I, I did some digging on this because it was I was like, this has to mean something. Um, so she said, you know, Dido to Shoto. And that's mm-hmm. how they referred to each other is Dido. And Shoto. So Dido means long sword and Shoto basically means short sword, short sword yeah. right. in, in Japanese. I thought that was cool. That they're little little code names. And I thought it was funny because they, I, I guess she even said something about oh, was that RJ or something, and she's like, you know, code names or you know, Judith was trying to keep. The, she says the like, code. yeah, she said, yeah, she says something that kind of gives up the game. And, yeah, yeah, to RJ, she she got perturbed at RJ because they're trying to keep their code names. Um, <laughs> I think he cool says thing. mommy. I think that's what it is. Something yes, like that. Yes. Uh, so I thought this was cool because I was really curious to see. When this took place, because I it wasn't real clear how long Michonne was gone. I mean, obviously she was gone a couple days at minimum, but it it had the feeling that it possibly could have been much longer. And so I was curious if they were going to hint when he talked to Judith that the whole Whisper War thing was just over and done with. Um, and it pretty much lines up. The end of this episode pretty much lines up with the end of the previous episode where. Um, they've, uh, you know, Alpha's dead and, um, you know, things are, things are going well. So they think, um, they were able to, you know, get rid of a significant amount of the horde. So Judith is able to kind of convince Michonne that, that things are, things aren't so bad. Mm-hmm. It's a good question you have as far as how long is, cause obviously, you know, some time must have passed because we're Judith has a, <laughs> she's, it's not only like, yeah, we just got Alpha. It's like, well, we dealt with the situation. So it's like, yes. It could be even like a more significant fast forward than where we're going to be next week when we're back with you know the rest of the whispers. Like it, it could be, too, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's cleverly staged just enough where there's an ambiguity there where it doesn't really matter because like the point the point is that 
the show needs to establish that Judith is safe in the and Judith and RJ are safe in the eyes of Michonne to justify this choice that's coming up. Yeah, that's uh, I, her leaving the kids behind like that really did again. I know I know I mentioned it earlier. That was mm-hmm. like the one the one sticking point in this episode. I thought it was gold except for that. So. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see, and I understand she's written off the show, yada yada, or whatever. Right. But right. It, it, you know, intrinsically to that character, I don't see her leaving her kids behind like that. No, me either. But that's just no other way out. I know. The, I know the, the, the best I can say is that Denai Guerrero really has really sells it throughout this episode, as far yeah. as yeah. the lot, the dialogue that she's given to being being you know saying things like "I will call you every day until I can't." Like there's mm-hmm. things yeah. there, and mm-hmm. you know. You get you. You guys are you guys are parents. You get there's obviously a deeper thing there than I have as far as how to like really take in this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like I you just I just have to go with it. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Like it's it's tough because I could I, I I mean I can totally see it both ways because I can I can see it from the perspective of how do I how am I going to look at my kids every day. Or how are they going to look at me when they grow up knowing that I had the opportunity to find their father and I decided not to? Like, mm. that's a tough thing. Yeah. That would be a tough thing to face. Um, it, mm. it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, Jim, I can't, I can't knock you for, for knocking it. Right. Cause I mean, that, like, that's, that's something, but it's a, it's a tough, that's a tough deal. Right. I it's mean, tough. Yeah. But I, I just can't, like, I, mm, it's just a weird, I can just see a, a parent, I'd even be angry if my spouse left in that situation. I mean, not if it was a normal life, but I mean, how crazy and everything was happening. I mean, and I know they eventually, she tells her that, you know, they, they, ended it um but still it just there, there is that point of this that will never sit right yeah that yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know that she's gonna leave that child knowing she can get killed those going. two kids i mean two kids that's that's what make, makes it worse that there are two kids and one is even younger to the... that they'll be gone <laughs> you know like there's a better chance that neither one of them are coming back so it's they... just the yeah. annoying, the annoying thing is that you know you really have to rely on the show to have some kind of end game as far as how this all plays out. Where like mm-hmm. I imagine there's an ideal where the movies happen, the show plays out, and whatever else happens, and it all leads to some kind of you know eventually some kind of right. serious finale, if not earlier, where there's a reuniting. Um, be, since you know Guerrero's moved on from the series, like she's not right. coming back, so you need to rely on the idea of there being some kind of special guest thing where you have that moment to connect all of these characters again, assuming they don't get killed off. Um, in all of this, there it does speak to one other thing that I do like, which is the show's decided to put down its nihilistic button for a second to be like, let's yeah. have hope. Because yeah. hope it can be really powerful, and when this show really goes for it, I think it actually works really well, because there's so little of it. Mm-hmm. So... As much as it, yeah, it can be painful to be like, there's a decision being made here that doesn't sit comfortably. It's ba- it's being made because there's this thought of this thing is out there and I'm going to find it as opposed to giving into, you know, the world sucks and all we can do is protect ourselves until we die. Uh, so I, I can I can admire that to enough of a point to not be too bothered by this because the show's making a greater point about how hope can still exist in this world in a show that's been, you know, 
last week we saw the you know the hilltop burn down. <laughs> so like, yeah. hey, there's there's things going on here that I can appreciate to a point. So Judith is able to talk her into going off to find. I mean, she basically says, "Look, I have some very important news. It could be very big." Um, and you know, she tells her, "Like, look, I think your dad's still alive, and I think I'm, you know, I." I she wanted. uses code words too. She says, "Like, what yes. the man? The what is it? The man? What's um, it? Um, the brave man. The brave man. The brave man. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I right. I like that very much too. I really really like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so Judith." talks her into it and basically says, no, you have to do this. You have to go find him. If he's out there somewhere, you need to find him. Um, and so uh, Michonne agrees and uh, heads, heads out. And it's kind of like – it was kind of cool. This is where I was a little confused too because she kind of goes, again, back to basics, right? She finds two walkers. Mm-hmm. She has some rope. She cuts off their arms. She cuts off their jaw. She starts – doing her thing and she comes across two people that are in distress and has that moment right where does she walk away because she's got her own thing to do or does she help them and um you know i guess you know again after having that conversation with judith and everything else and going through what she went through she probably realizes she doesn't want to be that person so she kills the two walkers that she just started to take with her and again, I guess we don't really know at this point how long she's really been gone. Like this could have been a week later, two weeks later, a month later. I mean, we have no idea. Um, I, I'm guessing it has to be some somewhat significant amount of time because for her to come across what they kind of came across, uh, it can't be too close to, to where they're at. Um, right. So she's able to help the people that need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, "Cause yeah, we please help us, cause they won't wait. They won't wait for us. They'll just keep work, keep moving." And we see it's probably got to be what, like a thousand people, maybe yes, at least seven hundred. Like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's at least a thousand. Like, yeah, yeah I, I think the implication is there's still more. Like we're not even seeing the whole thing. Yeah. I think that's what really matters. I mean, it's it's almost like a scene out of uh, like Lord of the Rings or like a, yeah. like a Roman yeah. legion or something yeah. like yeah. marching. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's watching an army. It's like yeah, watching a it's full, like two, uh, entire like battalion. Four, yeah, there's like four or five like square groups of like very large uh, groups With of people, and then tanks like, and vehicles in the middle of all of them. Yeah, and then and then there's like rows around them. So conceivably, it's probably like you know the more vulnerable people or whatever are in the center, and they're probably their best warriors or whatever are kind of on the perimeter, you know, marching along. But obviously, this is a this is a significant group. And uh, it, it has to make a few points here, right? Like you're not yes. wrong about the time. Jo- I mean, it, I feel like you know she's gone. So like the where when it takes place is kind of insignificant. But I mean, sure, it, it, but the, but yeah, but you're not wrong. I mean, yes, it has to have been some amount of time. So people are so she's you know a fair distance away, possibly not too far away because this is all going to connect in some way. But I mean, the, 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 the notion is it's, it's almost like it's setting up its own spinoff series, but like, like Michonne's, yes. Michonne's like canning Kung Fu now. Like she's been on the road doing her own thing. Yes. Right. Uh, Walking the earth. But uh, like getting to those people. Yeah. That's a, that's the other, I said, there's two scenes. This is the other scene where you, cause you get a good flashback of Michonne to, to uh, when she first got to the prison 
and was there with her was was there and like alone yes. and like there's just like beaten up and everything and there's the walkers behind her and it's like it's it's juxtaposed it's juxtaposing that with you know her current situation where these is two random people and yeah it's a matter of is she going to delay her own adventure to possibly get involved in somebody else's and like you know deal with all kinds of other drama and again it's that point of like who is she as a person is she driven by herself is she driven by self-interest or is she going to be the person that steps up and be the leader and that's what she chooses i mean even even outside of being you know away from being with her with her people with her group and having her own thing she's still like this is the this is the this is the right course of action if we're going to survive in this world this is morally the the stance that i'm supposed to take and the one that makes the most sense yeah and it's very likely that maybe they can give her some clues as to where, you know, she needs to go in her journey. So, or they it will draw her into something terrible. Like she doesn't know, sure. that, but she has to go right. on hope. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and and that's where it ends. So, the one thing I I watched when I was watching this episode, I was like, this feels like a backdoor pilot to, and I said this on the live stream, but it, it felt like a backdoor pilot for another show, and. You know, we talked a little bit about the movies coming up, and I think we all kind of agree that it's fairly clear to us that that Denai Guerrero or Michonne is going to have to play, you know, even if it's not right away or depending how many movies they do or what they do, she's got to play into it. And that my my guess is is that's how they close the loop on this this deal. It makes the most sense. Like you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have movies coming. You have a character. You have an actor mm-hmm. who wants to do their own thing, but this could be a more limited thing as opposed to spending, you know, all you know every day in Atlanta. So it's like, yeah, this is, that would make sense to have her involved in some capacity as a you know co-star, cameo or what have you in the eventual movies that we haven't heard anything about for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been pretty radio silent. Um, but yeah, that's that's the episode. So I. Uh... It's it's interesting. It it felt like a true. It, <clears throat> I guess in the past, whenever they've done this, they've always kind of like overhyped, you know, like so and so's last episode, or you feel like it was leading up to it. And for this to just kind of be this one off thing to give the character a a proper send off, uh, I thought it was just really well done. And I I think it, we didn't get kind of sidetracked by the hype. Where mm-hmm. I think that's part of the problem. They, and I, I'm assuming they acknowledged it, which is why they've they've kind of changed course since then. But um, like when Rick, you know, left the show, it, it, you know, it just that's all it was, right? Like five more episodes, four more episodes, three more. You know, it just it became, you know, about him leaving and not about the show. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think the 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 coolest thing about this for me, not, not only was it a good send off to Michonne or everything. But like this very last scene really opens it up, yeah. So much mm-hmm. like more so than we've seen since like you know we saw the prison you know up in the distance or you know we started seeing stuff from, from Terminus. This is like you know this is a nice uh, like little like amuse bouche of the next big storyline you know, and it's a it's a cool thing to keep people in you know interested in the bigger picture of the story you know beyond the whispers and yeah. What's, I mean, it's... what's going next? I, I think it was really. Really cool the way they did that. Among the other cool things in this episode, yeah, it's ho- it is hopeful that you see such a large segment of civilization starting to come back together. Plus, all the questions that come with that: Who are right. these? People? Where are they mm-hmm. going? Where did they get those? You know, what, what what's going on? Are they good or right. bad? Or you know, it's like all the 
all the inherent questions in that last scene too really uh, appealed to me. That kind of thing just kind of makes me realize that the, the you know the story's going to keep opening up even after we get done with this arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alpha and the Whispers. So it is refreshing, like you're saying, Jim, as far as how they've chosen to handle this episode, like how the lead up to this one, it didn't feel like it was. It's all and it's all leading up to this moment when we get rid of a character. It's more of like, oh no, we just kind of naturally got here. And in addition to that, it's not you know it's doing something refreshing as far as how to you know send a character off, where it's not just right. another death, it's not just another. You know, we're not getting the book of Michelle <laughs> to, to lay out more, more laws that she would have wanted everyone to hear or whatnot. We have something else entirely, and in doing that, it fleshes out the entire world, like you were just saying. Um, but it, yeah, no, from like a from like a viewer standpoint in the the world we're in now, where social media and everything can inform us on who has what contracts and what have you, it was nice to not like think about you know leap getting to this episode being like oh this is it like it was just more like oh this is like the last one i guess and we'll see what happens and so like that that was nice yeah i don't even think i remembered it was the last episode until you guys mentioned it last week or something so yeah or until i saw the promo even while watching it i was just like i, I kept clicking in and out it's like oh yeah this is, is this last one whatever and and then yeah everything kind of played out the way it did it's like well that, was, that worked <laughs> does that work for me <laughs> Yeah, I I totally didn't didn't realize it until yeah until one of you guys said something to it. I, I just assume like okay, this is going to be her comeback episode for this half of the season, and then she'll yep. just finish it finish it out. I, I yeah, didn't know so this was going to be a nope for these for the back eight. Like she's get she's getting one, and that's it. Um, so I was I was really kind of surprised. Um, at at that. Um, all right, so I, gu- I guess before we get into our uh, our busters, we'll do a brief word um, while we still can from our sponsor, DCBService.com. Mm. Um, as most of you know, Diamond looks like Diamond's going to be um, not distributing new comics uh, for mm. we're not sure how long, but uh, that's got to be rough. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna. It's yeah. So it's it's important now more than ever. Um, to to get your orders in for comics um, that you can and you know again you're pre-ordering well in advance mm-hmm. um, you know hopefully this this will all be subsided or uh, on on the way out by the time hey order uh, some order some gaming supplies they have gaming yeah. supplies there too play some D and D get into some role playing games while you're in uh, yeah. you know self quarantine I mean there's a lot of other cool things, all besides you know, graphic novels that they carry there at, at DCB Service, and you know, small businesses right now are the ones that are hurting the most uh, across the board from from the self quarantine, and um, you know, they're the businesses we really want to help what we can in this kind of situation. It's it's a weird situation for everybody, but you know. Helping people is is for me the common dom- denominator, and you know, the DCB services—they're not a big box retailer. They're not Amazon, you know. They're not Best Buy or whatever. They're they're a small, you know, they're a small business, and the, you know, being able to help a small business and to help yourself get through this quarantine at the same time—that seems like a win-win to me. So, DCBService.com is where you want to go. It is a good time to read more, guys. Just putting that out there. Yeah, no doubt. Perfect. Absolutely. Or hit up InStockTrades.com if you're looking for a more immediate uh, fix and a more immediate need. Um, y- you know, definitely hit them up. I mean, they've got plenty of stock, um, and again, they can you can help give them uh, get throw some cash their way, help help them kind of clear out some of their their warehouse space. Um, 
And, uh, and plus, I mean, if you like the show Preacher, you're probably going to love the graphic novel Preacher. You know what I mean? If you yeah. like the, if you like Lock and Key on Netflix, check out the graphic novels of Lock and Key. You know, I mean, the, there's just more to the story there. There's you know more depth in the, usually in the graphic novels, and there's more you know there's more going on there. And if you you love them in one form, you're going to love them in another. You know. Plus, Gabriel Rodriguez's art is gorgeous. It is nice. Yes. It's very nice to look at, indeed. So, yeah, plenty of stuff out there. Um, we appreciate their support. We hope that you all will uh, help support them, uh, especially now more than ever when, um, you know, again, like Jim said, small businesses need need as much, as much of a boost as they can possibly get. So um, definitely check out DCB Service and StockTrades.com um, for all your cool geeky needs. So, Buster ratings for this episode. Jim, why don't you go first? Would you? What, how many Busters did you give it? I'm going to make a rare uh, qu- quarter denomination uh, uh, Buster rating that I never do and go for 4.75 because I wouldn't have given this a 5 if she hadn't left the kids behind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a, pick, it's a nitpick or whatever, and I see both sides of it. But when I watch it, I'm just like, no. Nah. Nah, so I give it a four point seven five. Otherwise, so it was a great send off uh, to both Denegrera and her character. And uh, I, you know, the, like I said at the beginning of the show, I used to love the What If comics as a kid. I love alternative history, alternate history stories. Um, so seeing like what Michonne could have been, you know, had not she helped Andrea, you know, that one thing um, was was really cool. I, I enjoyed that a lot, and and like Aaron pointed out, great job of of uh, of um, you know, compositing there and, and just, you know, good special effects to fit, fit, fit all those uh, different pieces of continuity in. So I give it a 4.75. I thought it was a great episode. Daryl? Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was an excellent episode as well. Um, and I don't even think it's a nitpick. I just think it's, it, it's an honest uh, thing for that little thing of, of, I just uh, just a mother leaving her kids like that. I just don't see that happening. But again, it's the show. You don't have a, they didn't have a choice in that. She wanted to leave. What else are you going to do? Um, they did it in the best way, I guess they could have. Uh, I don't know what other way they could have done it. Um, but all in all, it was it was so well acted and so well done. Um, I give it a four point five. Rich? Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of the comments so far, and um, I'll say that, you know, it was a very good episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, I get the whole point with the leaving the kids behind, especially RJ, because he's like, what, two, three? Well, no, I guess he'd have to be five or six, right? But still, he's pretty young. Um, uh, so I get that, but Overall, I mean, there were some parts in the middle that I thought were a little, I don't know, just took me out of it for a minute. But uh, for the most part, I really liked the way it started strong. It ended extremely strong. I like that end shot at the very end of of the, like, ranks of people marching along. Um, Very curious to see where that goes. So, But uh, I give it four and a half busters for sure. It It was definitely a solid episode. Aaron? I mean, I'm at a full five. Like this is this is peak Walking Dead for me as far as what it's accomplishing here. It's it's taking a 
very specific story and telling it has a beginning, middle, and end. It's doing tremendous work in sending off a character that's been here for a long time. It is giving us something ambitious as far as the presentation. The director, uh, Sharat Raju, I was trying to find if he had any other credits. This is his first Walking Dead episode, and he, for me, he crushed it. Um, oh, yeah. And like he's done, I'm looking at his filmography. It's like it's a lot of TV and nothing specific as far as this genre. It's a lot of you know, things like Scandal and Designated Survivor. So it's like. It's not like he's been in the world of horror like that often, but he comes comes in here, takes this episode, and just nails it to me. Um, the 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 effort done to kind of visualize the surreal nat- nature of things I thought was really cool and really well done. There were surprises here. There was some horror that we didn't talk too much about the the walkers and the encounter. Like there's that room where like all the walkers are hanging by the ceiling. Like that was really creepy and cool. Like there's just like a lot of different kinds of things throughout this episode that I really enjoyed seeing. Uh, I think the acting was terrific top to bottom um, from with Denegra and um, uh, the, what's the act. I can't remember the actor names plays uh, Kevin Carroll, Kevin Carroll is Virgil. Um, and yeah, the kind of the key moments that really set you up for who or you know, give you a, a reminder as to who this character is and represents on the show and like how it leaves her off and where it ends. I thought was all really pretty brilliant um, for, you know, this show, which, you know, we have our quibbles with here or there. I thought this was just the show flying at the height of its power. So, yeah, five five busters for me. Excellent. I will give it I'm going to I'm going to be with on Jim's court, not for the same reason, but four point seven five. I think this was almost the perfect episode. I think some of the editing things I had a little bit of an issue with that would have uh, I think if they would have maybe cleaned it up a little bit would have made some of the flow a little bit um, a little bit more cohesive. I think there are a couple times where I was just like having to reorient myself as to where the episode was. Um, but it was fantastic. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, uh, with the send off that they gave to Nigarera and, and the what well, the character was shown. I, I like that they just didn't take the, we're just going to kill her off, uh, you know, choice. Uh, I think, I think that would have just been too much. Um, and, and to, you know, it, it makes things interesting with Judith and RJ still being, on the show, I, I I thought for a while that maybe she would just take them with her, um, and they would leave the show. But obviously, um, I, th- I think I think Judith has a lot of charisma. I think that actress, um, as as young as she is, has a lot of charisma, and I think that, that would be a pretty big hole in the show if if she left it. So, um, I'll be curious to see. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I'll be curious to see where things where things go. So. Uh, Overall, very, very pleased uh, with how it how it turned out. But that's what we thought. What did the Facebook folks say over at Facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast? Kind of all over the place this week, Russ. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. We didn't get as many comments this last week, but they are uh, very varied in their uh, takes on the episodes. Uh, Brent Jones starts things off with a five out of five. Amazing. I loved it. Only part I didn't like was Andrea scenes being uh, Andrea scenes being during the day when the farm burned down at night. I hate that it was Michonne's finale. Hate. There's several A's there. Losing her, man, this sucks. Especially with that final scene. I want to know everything. That is a well-worn path that caravan is following. How long has this been going on? Where is it? Where does it begin? Where does it end? We kind of know, right? Make the damn movies already, Gimple. Uh, Dre Irvin writes in with a great episode, a little weird, but hey, tripping on hallucinogens is kind of a weird experience. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's the tale of two Joneses here because Mike Jones, unlike Brent Jones, 
says one gimpled endings out of five. Wow. Harsh. No doubt. Seeing as how terrible Rick's exit was, I knew this would be equally as flawed, and I was right. This felt like a rejected episode of Lost mixed with Willy Wonka and some Pink Floyd tossed in. I want to see that. (laughs) That actually sounds awesome. Sounds like something you'd see at the planetarium, you know, like the laser, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laser, laser show. Um, the the show falls uh, fails with all the planned and announced endings with no proper closure. The best parts for the ending credits and next week's preview. Wow. Uh, Eric Jackson, five funny edibles out of five. I was honestly not expecting to like this episode, knowing it was more or less forced plotline from a show's exit. I was floored by how well it was done. Usually grown at flashbacks, but the way they were used tonight was awesome. Uh, KJ Bonhomme, two out of five flashbacks to the worst of the Gimple days. Now, they keep calling back Gimple in this. I'm, I'm just wondering why. Is it because they had like the ominous ending at the end? or I'm, If I'm they're just talking wondering. about the flashbacks and stuff, like yeah. uh, the Andrea and all that, that was before Gimple was showrunner. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I, just, yeah. I didn't I know if they know. just meant that <clears throat> because they thought it sucked that they just equate. Oh, so you suck, suck the suck factor gimple. with uh, with gimple because wow. nothing says suck like the guy that righted the ship for a good portion of the I series before say, leaving. Yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of put it a little bit back on track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Plus, still wrote one of my favorite episodes of The Walking Dead. So, written several fan favorites of the series. Yeah, he's, he has. He's written some of the best episodes. Clear, though. Clear is awesome. Clear is great. Uh, Angie DeSalvo. Okay, I'm giving this a three out of five. I'm sorry, this episode doesn't hold up to any of the episodes we've recently seen. Uh, it wasn't even the flashbacks that bothered me. If anything, maybe more flashbacks of what could have been would have been better than watching this weak dude drug her up and capture her. The last five minutes saved the episode for me. At the end of the day, Michonne is a kick-ass character, and I can't wait to see her in the Rick movies, if they are ever made. Here's hoping. Uh, yeah, we talked a lot about the Rick movies last night on the live cast, actually. We kind of had some conjecture going on there. And Tammy Heisley rounds it out with, I wasn't really feeling this episode at first, but once she found Rick's boots, I was in. I really liked her scene with Judith and RJ. The ending was really interesting, too, so I'm giving it a four. Thank you, everyone, for writing in. Uh, if you, too, would like uh, your Buster ratings read on the podcast as we record, then by all means, join us at facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast or search for The Walking Dead TV podcast. Either way, I'll get you there, and we'd be happy to let you in. Fantastic. Well, thanks, everybody, for participating. <clears throat> um, I I think, <laughs> just given the circumstances, uh, we're probably going to be back on recording these episodes fairly um, uh, fairly on time, so probably back to our normal Monday, maybe Tuesday recording schedule. Um, I mean, where are we going to go? I mean, yeah, exactly. There's three episodes left, so I, I feel like we, we shouldn't even have to say this. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, guess what? Because the world sucks right now, we're going to be doing this on time. Like, I feel yeah. like that's just like it should be a given. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess because my work schedule still tends to be um, uh, kind of crazy. So, <laughs> from what I know, I, uh, I understand. <laughs> but yeah, this really general, didn't change yeah. much for you. With you work from home anyway, don't you? Uh, it changed almost nothing. Yeah. Um, I mean, from from a from, let me let me walk that back a little bit. 
it changed nothing from a professional standpoint. Right. right. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to minimize the fact that people's lives are um, are being turned upside down and bad things are happening. So I don't I don't want to make light of that. Uh, but yes, my day to day, you know, uh, how I do things is pretty much the same. So anyway, uh, hang out at hhwled.com um, for all the stuff we got going on here. Um, it looks like Brad, Frank, and Bill uh, recently just put up another episode of Half Hour Wasted. And so again, oh, I like two of those guys. In. Yeah, everybody's in. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we see more of that as, from those guys as well. So uh, so keep an eye on the feed. Um, you never know what comes up. And then again, uh, head on over to. Uh, to twitch.tv, uh, Walking Dead TV podcast, and just follow us. Because like I said, you never know when we may just decide to just get up together and talk about The Walking Dead or not The Walking Dead or who knows what. Um, I think tentatively we're going to really try for uh, Sunday evenings to to at least huddle up and uh, take questions if, if you guys are wanting to ask us a bunch of questions. So uh, check it out here. Uh, Aaron, you just had a milestone that you passed. So why don't you tell folks ab- about that? Yeah, on the uh, podcast that I host, uh, the Out Now with Aaron and Abe uh, podcast, where me and my co-host Abe and my friend Abe, we talk about new movies weekly, um, up until recently. Um, we just celebrated our 400th episode, um, numbered episode. We actually have well over 400 because of all the bonus episodes and commentaries we do. But in terms of numbered episodes that are applied to the weekly movie releases, we just uh, hit 400. Um, we've been doing the show for nine years, and I'm very proud of that. And in honor of that, we talked about the best films of the decade, um, along with a, another couple hours devoted to just recapping the decade in film in general. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, the, by the time this goes up, they'll both be available out there, but they're uh, good episodes for sure. We had some fun guests on uh, to just recap uh, the decade worth of cinema and a lot of cool movies and a lot of really cool things about the decade and everything. So I'm really happy with how they how they turned out and everything and just really happy that we've been able to you know do the show for so long. And I mean, a lot of that is uh, a credit to you, to, uh, to, you, to the HHWLOD network for uh, you know allowing us to be on the channel to begin with uh, back in the day. So, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, very happy with where we are right now. Ah, uh, Russ, remember when we had our four hundredth, first four hundredth episode? <laughs> yes. <laughs> remember, Daryl? Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, memories. So, Jim. Speaking of which, where can folks find you? Well, I'm with Daryl Taylor every week, and Donnie Salvo talking about the latest in TV and uh, movies on Nothing's On, and we just dropped a new episode today, and it's a pretty funny one actually. Uh, except Daryl was late. That's, that's the title. The title. Yeah. That's the title. Daryl was yeah. late. Yeah. Uh, but we there were actually some cool things to talk about. And some we watched a lot of stuff, of course. So we had a lot to talk to review and talk about there. Yeah. And we yeah. get listeners to we to let us know what they actually were watching during. We this have a party. the cool thing. The coolest thing about well, the coolest thing about our uh, pod, that podcast are the the steady stream of emails we get every week. Um, it's really great the way the listeners are involved. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, but nothing songs available at, uh, Taylor network com or on iTunes, uh, either place. Uh, you can also go to, uh, oldmagicgaming.com. We are about to drop a whole, uh, blizzard of content on there. Uh, we just, we've been, uh, putting out new content every other week so far. And, uh, starting, I think it's the end of this week. We're going to be really hitting it hard with a lot of new, uh, live D and D gaming, uh, stuff going on there. Uh, edited stuff from our Twitch games, etc. So that's over at oldmagicgaming.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Yoda Jones. Mr. Taylor? 
Uh, like Jim said about nothing's on, you can also, uh, check out, uh, we, uh, me and Jim and Russ, uh, we covered the, uh, Superman, uh, red sun adaption, uh, of the, uh, trade, which you could probably get at DCBS. So go pick that up. Um, and, uh, we had a fun time just talking about that as well as, uh, you know, you have got the by geeks. We're going to do a Robin uh, eccentric episode uh, with Russ, uh, who will be joining us, and along with uh, Hassan and maybe Campbell, because um, it's his birthday. So we'll be uh, discussing Robin, and uh, there's plenty of content on the on the site as well as keeping up with uh, all the crazy entertainment news that's been going on, especially with the world going upside down. So we try to keep you up to date on that without the nonsense the negative nonsense um just the news uh so yeah so you can check all that at uh, taylornetworkofpodcast.com and of course all the uh podcasts are on their own individual feeds but if you just follow the taylor network feed uh you get all the uh shows there in one spot if you want to do that as well mr chub toad pretty much hunkered in in seattle uh (laughs) <laughs> that's where I'm at most of the time now. Um, uh, that I was on that Red Sun uh, oh, yeah. episode that uh, Daryl was, was talking about. Yes, I'm and uh, so check that out. Um, that one was fun and mm-hmm. probably one of the best DC animated in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, of course, here on the Walking Dead TV podcast and uh, DC All Stars podcast. Um, <clears throat> that's over on the Taylor Network, and of course. Chubtoad zero one on all the socials. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, keep an eye out on things, um, and we will keep you informed of where we are going to be at and what we're going to be doing. So, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, let's all just go down to the Winchester, have a cold pint, <laughs> and wait for this whole thing to blow over. We're not allowed to go to the Winchester. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> If I can go with the Winchesters, hell yeah. Just don't watch the movie Winchester with Helen Mirren. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad movie. Oh, that's God. Not, not a good movie. <laughs> Tell me you guys have seen the the Simon Pegg, uh, Nick Frost thing of them talk to the, doing that plan thing again. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Russ, have you seen uh, that? No, oh. I have not. You haven't seen, you're referencing this thing, you didn't see the thing that they did? They did a callback to it, and how it's a yeah. bad idea to do that. <laughs> Hold on, oh, wow. It's the best. They, like, they recorded this YouTube video. It's great. 